With Pet Chat today, Daniel Carrington is here and we're talking about whippets. Whippets. Now, there's been a lot of talk, as you know, about greyhounds. But, you know, there's another type of sort of greyhound. Mini greyhounds. A mini greyhound. Whippets. Whippet. And who better to talk to than Melissa, our, our resident dog expert. They're not really a the greyhound, breed. are they, Melissa? They're not a greyhound, no. M- Melissa, you there? We've lost Melissa, don't <gasps> How can that happen? <laughs> the phone line's still there. She's just not talking to us. Well, we have to make up a conversation as we go. Tell me what we? you know about whippets. Well, it, if I start talking about whippets, then it's going to wreck the interview with Melissa, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be able to talk to her about it. But okay. All right. It, they're known as the poor man's greyhound, and it's because they were a, a type of dog that could be used for hunting, but that were obviously not as expensive to buy at the time. So it's basically going along the topic like there. And where did they come from? I think we're going to have to try again. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> Can I go to something else? Because I don't want to talk about the uh, the whippet until we get Melissa on the line. Can we talk about the... the Let's do the pet of the week. Pet of the week yep. in terms of dog rescue. So sure. we've got um, Coda, who's a four-year-old male, brown Kelpie cross. Coda laps up every bit of attention you can give him. He loves a pat, cuddle, back scratch, and thrives on being told he's a good boy. Now, with a, a Kelpie cross, obviously very active. Very active. They have a lot of energy and they're going to need a lot of exercise. And they do tend to like working and and having a job. So working for their food rather than just being fed out of a bowl is really useful. Because they're also very smart. Really intelligent dogs, yep. Mm -hmm. So what we've got is the good thing with Kota, though, um, he can sit, he can drop, um, roll on his belly when asked, and and he's Mm -hmm. really good with treats. got some good training. Yeah, so he's got some good training already. He will even sit while you walk away, jog, do a dance, or walk around him with a treat in your (laughs) hand. He loves coming inside in the house at night. But he's house trained, but he's also really good outdoors because he loves the outdoor environment. He's playful and loving. He uh, loves to do some wrestling with you and also has, at the moment, uh, a foster brother, Jack, and they play around in the backyard all day that's long. That's good. It means he's good with other dogs, so that's a good good sign. He's happy, mm-hmm. easygoing, loving, makes nice. a great pet. So if you want more information um, about Coda, you can contact foster carer Lauren on 0401 07 73047 and you can also view the full page on dog uh, on the profile on the dog rescue page which is www.dogrescuenewcastle.com.au That's so, good. Yeah, Coda. See, I want to find out about whippets and Mel's with me now. Mel, you know all about whippets, don't you? Yes, I do. But they're not little greyhounds, are they? They they are little hound dogs. Yes, little side hounds. <laughs> Mel, where did they originate from? They originated in England in the later part of the 19th century. So they're an old breed. Mm-hmm. So um, been around for quite a while then. They have, yes. And Are they good for foxing and that? or is it... They were bred to hunt, yes. That's um, what I was going to ask you. What were they bred for? What were they, they bred for? They were bred, um, they're really, really fast. So they were bred originally to race. Um, so to catch, the Englishmen bred them to catch rabbits and other small animals, but the Welshmen were smarter than the Englishmen and they actually raced them. Um, greyhounds were too expensive for the average working guy to own, so they um, got the little whippets and they raced them and they're still to this day called the poor man's greyhound. I told you, Dave, didn't I? Yeah. You did. I didn't believe that. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dog that uh, Dave can afford, isn't it, Mel? Yes, anybody can afford a whippet, and you should. They're just the right size, too, aren't they? That's yes. why Mel's got, Mel's got two. I do, yes. Yeah. 
tell us a little bit about what it's like to own a whippet. You know, what do they look like, and and how are they personality-wise? They're they're the perfect dog. I don't know why they are not more popular as pets. I love my border collies. It's common knowledge, but the whippets are just the perfect dog. They look like a miniature greyhound, so they look like a greyhound in miniature. They require little maintenance, so that's a big tick after having the long-coated border collies. And they are so sweet-natured, they suit just about anybody. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to disagree a little bit there, Mel, because, you know, you're helping me show one of my puppy Weimaranas, and I saw you also trying to work with your puppy Listen, Whippet. The Weimarana was just so much man's. Better that's the rich man's dog. Yes, apparently the Weimarana is. Well, I'll rephrase it. They are the perfect dog with personality. <laughs> it was fun to watch them, though. The Weimarana and the Whippet both with, oh, start with W. We don't talk about that. <laughs> now, do they have any health issues that we need to know about? If we're looking at buying a whippet and interested in the breed, you know, do they yep. have any health issues? In terms of genetic diseases, the whippets are fantastic. They are extremely healthy dogs um, and you shouldn't run into many problems. But you have to remember that they are very fast and they don't have a covering of fat. They're very thin and they have a thin layering of skin. Um, In fact, one of my whippets came inside for her dinner and was sporting a tree branch sticking out of her side. Mm. Um, Yeah, they can can cut themselves and impale themselves if you're not careful. Um, So we had a quick trip to the vet and five stitches later, she was fine. So is it... What kind of family would be suited to a whippet then? Whippets suit just about everybody. Um, you know, families, older people, um, disabled people, um, houses with yards, townhouses. Um, they can They do suit units and, and apartments as long as you can give them a free run somewhere through the day. The only thing I would be careful of is I would be careful of them around small children. Not that they would bite the small children, but the, small, the younger children may be a little rough for them and they are gentle little beings um, and can shy away from rough handling. When I look at a whip but I think, oh, that's a fr- very, you've got to be very fragile. It's like a fine piece of glass, champagne glass or something like that. Yeah. Are they fragile? They're not. They're very hardy little dogs. If you think that, you know, what they were bred to do was to, you know, take down small animals and stuff like that and work with the poachers in England. So they are really hardy, but you still have to remember that they are, like, they're not really heavily boned or yeah. they don't have a big covering of fur. And they're not a heavy dog either. So for people who like a lighter dog to walk, they're not heavy, are they? How much do they weigh? Oh, well, I, my 13 and a half year old weighs about 12 kilos mm. and my puppy's about 7 kilos. They're, so they're, they're not a heavy dog and they're easy to walk. I wouldn't let them off lead. They are a sight hound and if <laughs> they take sight of a butterfly or a bug or something, they're gone. Yeah. And are they they do like being indoors as well? They are the quintessential indoor dog. Mm. They will go for a little run around for 15 minutes in the morning and then they'll sleep all day. <laughs> do, do they have a tendency to like bark a lot, yap, yap and that kind of stuff? They're not big barkers, no. no. Um, my older dog never barks. My puppy does, but she's very naughty, as you know. <laughs> um, but the, but they, they don't have a tendency to bark. 
I guess it's a, it's a breed that not many people think about, and that was my intention, like to put it out there. Like whippets could be a good pet for you if oh, you're looking for some, a particular type of pet, light and easy to look after. Absolutely, yeah. I I don't understand why they are not like much more popular. They're beautiful dogs, and and they're short coated too, aren't they? They're easy yes. maintenance, easy very very easy to look oh. after. Yep. Well, thank you very much for that, Mel. That was lovely talking awesome. to you. And uh, awesome. next time I'll see you when, uh, you know, uh, Waimarana beats your whippet. Never going to happen. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, about enough about the Waimaranas today. Too. <laughs> Rich man's dog. We don't want to hear about that. I'd like to tell our vet, Dr. David Tabret, that when Dr. Kimberly Earl's here, she's the best vet yet, and that's why she's here today. We love having her here. I do especially. And backyard chickens. More and yeah. more people are doing this, aren't they? Yeah, we see it really commonly, um, and, and it's a really nice thing to do. I mean, I think that if we could feed the world by everybody just having a few chickens in the backyard, that would be the ideal situation. Nobody likes to think about the intensive housing that chickens undergo. Um, it, it's kind of a necessary evil so that we, we can feed the world. But the, the ideal situation would be for everybody to have a few chickens in the backyard and you can get some eggs from them. They're really charismatic Are animals. they high maintenance in the backyard? Not really. Um, I, I guess it sort of depends on how big your backyard is because they will eat a fair bit of grass and they will, they will keep your grass fairly short. And if you've got a very small backyard, having any more than about two chickens, um, you're going to find you're going to lose a lot of your backyard. They'll turn it to a bit of a dust bowl. Do you have to rake out the pen every day? No, no, nothing like that. No, no, nothing like that. So what we would recommend for people who have backyard chickens is they are birds. They like to be in a flock situation. So a minimum of two to three birds, um, you know, is, is really there. They're not, they don't do very well on their own. Uh, which is a bit unfortunate, um, we recommend having some sort of a shelter. So a little coop because they do like to be inside of a night so they feel nice and safe. And um, particularly in Australia where we've got feral cats and feral dogs and foxes and things like that, you want to be able to keep them safe. Um, but ideally you'd let them out in the morning and they'd get to free range to your backyard and they'll have a bit of a pick at your grass, help you keep the, the lawn shorn. Um, you don't have to sort of clean up after them every night, but the coop will require a bit of maintenance, but you're probably talking every, you know, two to four weeks, depending on how big it is and how much, um... If you've got three or four, will one yep. of them be more <clears throat> motherly and encourage the others to lay? Or how does it work? Not really. They they sort of all have their own sort of um, schedule. They'll, they'll, so what most people do is they get them as young birds. They won't start laying until they're probably um, somewhere between 18 and 24 weeks of age. Uh, and then usually the females, and remember only the females lay eggs. Um, so the females will then start laying initially intermittently, and then as they get a bit older, they will um, lay sort of more regularly. So you can usually expect to get one egg a day or one egg egg every second day depending on the chicken um, and will that go all year round uh, f- more or less they off they will take a break from time to time and they'll go off or if they get sick or unwell or overly stressed they will go off the lay um, and a lot of times it'll come back so they are you know sort of fairly consistent um, I guess I would always encourage people if you do have chickens and they have stopped laying and they're not particularly old chooks then um, you know it could be that there's something health wise going on that's that's often one of the first signs of illness is are they the possessive of they're eggs or they don't mind you taking them? Usually they're pretty good, but occasionally we get what we call broody hens. So these are hens that um, they feel like
like they would like to have the opportunity to raise a, a clutch of chicks um, and they will continuously sit on the eggs. Now, they may not have a rooster around um, and chickens will continuously lay eggs regardless of whether they have a rooster or not. But if they do have a rooster, sometimes they'll become broody. Even, even if they don't have a rooster, they'll sometimes become broody and they want to sit on the egg and then you have to sort of literally toss them off the nest to collect the eggs out from underneath them. Um, and you better watch it because they'll try and bite. Yeah, they'll have a little peck, but they're chickens. You know, they, they don't do a lot of damage and um, you're not going to sort of traumatize them by, you know, sort of you literally toss I, the I eggs, mine. scoop them up. <laughs> Push them off, you know. Get the get the egg out from underneath, and um, and they'll do the same thing the next so day. So tell me, we get some pretty hot days in Australia. Does the heat and does the cool affect mm. them and impact on them? Um, I, they need to have some shade for sure. Yeah, you don't want to have them sort of out and about, you know, like in direct sunlight. Um, so if they're out and about foraging, they'll usually find, if they need some shade, they'll find a little bush or a tree to go under and they'll sit under there. Um, at night, they'll go into their coop. So in winter, that'll help to keep them warm. They'll usually sort of huddle up together a bit, but also the inside of the coop will give them a bit of shade as well. They're pretty tolerant, though. Um, I wouldn't recommend, you know, running around, letting kids run around after them and chase them in the, in the heat of the day in the middle of summer. That certainly can cause heat stress but um, for the most part they're pretty good um, and they do a really good job of sort of going through your backyard and they'll pick through the bugs and the grasses and things like that so yeah now what about breeds we've heard of the ice of brown and that is there many breeds that we have in the backyard there are lots and lots of breeds um, th- there's more than I can even think of off the top of my head but eyes of browns are really um, popular australorps are really popular um, we get some people have silkies silkies are those nice little fluffy ones or other little bantams they're, they're a smaller size hen um, with a smaller size hen you get smaller sized eggs so you might need you know three or four of them to make your omelet instead of one to two two probably is uh, more average for the bigger eggs um, silkies are really cute and they're very docile um, you know sort of calm lots of people have them for kids to, to you know the kids what can, can I them feed them to them. get the double yolk because that's what I want. What do I feed them that will give me that? Well, that's not something you can't really predict that. So, what? I mean, feed-wise, what we would always recommend would be um, as when they're growing. So if you get them as young young birds, you're going to want to feed them a grower pellet um, as sort of the staple part of the diet. Um, hopefully they're getting um, lots of grass forage and stuff that they can get through. And then your vegetable-based kitchen scraps are quite good for them. They, they'll love to have a bit of... Um, you know, fruit and veg coming out of the kitchen. Um, when they start laying, though, they definitely need to be converted, ideally, to a, um, a layer pellet. That'll give them the extra calcium they need. They, they will generate a lot of calcium into the shell, and they will actually deplete their bones. So um, even returning um, the eggshells to them, if you're making your fr- fried eggs in the morning and, and toss the shells back into your compost um, little bucket on the bench and, and toss that out to them um, so they can have the calcium back from that, they'll, they'll utilize some of that. But the layer pellets are really important. Um, it just seems to be that some some birds will throw double yokers. So you can't really predict that because it actually means that, that they have to have two ova come off the ovary at the same time and then be formed into the same egg. So. Usually I find it's um, more your <clears throat> younger hens that are just starting to lay. Lay, yeah. You'll get some double yokers, but as they get mm-hmm. older, it's, it's it, rare. Yeah, it settles out. Yeah. And, and when they're first starting to lay, there's a lot more um, irregularities and inconsistencies. So, you know, it might be that... Um, they spit out one ova on Monday and one on Tuesday, but 
takes longer for it to get through the track, so they end up getting put in the same shell and, and, and egg together. So, Do they bond and become communal, or can you introduce uh, younger chickens to the flock? No, we don't recommend that. So ideally we would recommend a, um, an all-in, all-out sort of system um, for a number of reasons. So disease is one of them. We definitely see there's a lot of infectious diseases amongst chickens, um, and when you add new birds to the flock, they either can introduce diseases to your current flock, or it might be that they're not immune to a disease that your current flock is immune to and they come down with that so wherever possible we actually recommend um, you know getting a group of chickens and trying to ride it through until all of those ones are gone and then get another um, group in they are they can be territorial as well and they can um, definitely you know if you try to introduce new ones they they can and have some difficulties especially adjusting i mean to we that. sell a lot of chickens through the store but mm-hmm. Especially when people come in and ask, they've got older chickens and they want to buy the day-olds yeah. or a couple of week-old chickens. Yeah. It's something you don't do. You can't put them together. Yeah, yeah the, the bigger ones will pick on the little ones. They will. Do you have chickens in the backyard? We love it today. This is our topic, and our vet, Dr. Kimberly Earle, is talking about it and taking your questions. Also, Daniel Carrington is here today. Now, I got a question here uh, that someone didn't want to go to here, but they wanted to ask this question to you, Kimberly. How do you stop them from eating eggs? Yeah, so sometimes, occasionally we get a chicken that develops a taste for their own eggs. Um, Eggs are a really, really good source of protein. They're one of the highest, what we call biological value, which means very little waste in the protein. Um, And occasionally you get a chicken that, for whatever reason, develops a taste for that themselves. So we always recommend people have a look at the diet, make sure that they are feeding them adequately. Um, The preferred diet, like I said, is a pelleted-based diet, um, rather than some of them seed mixes and things like that, because the birds aren't as good as using a seed mix they chickens can't sort of crack seed the way a parrot can um and so a pelleted diet as the basis and then the fresh greens and grass and stuff on top of that and and a lot of people do like to get like the cheaper as cheap as possible pellet diet however if you have a look at the back of the bag Mm. and have a look at the protein content the cheaper ones are going to have a lower protein maybe 13 14 percent the the dearer ones are going to have a higher protein between 15 to 17 percent now what does that mean to you the higher the protein, more egg production. Absolutely. And that's yeah. why we've got chickens. Mm. And the lower the protein, the protein's not as good and therefore lower egg production. Yeah, so sometimes so. it means that those chickens are looking for more protein. Sometimes they have just developed a taste for them. Um, sometimes they're cracking the shells again to eat this shell. So we need to be watching for, you know, if you've got a laying bird that you're feeding them a layer diet. So it's got that calcium supplementation. Um, it can be a hard habit to break once they mm. start doing it. That's it is, the trouble. But diet is, is important yeah, if you can just sure. keep the food up for them. And the collecting the, the eggs really food. regularly because most birds will lay um, early, early in the morning. Um, and so getting out to them, you know, before breakfast to... To, to Here's try a, to collect them. an observational question for you, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. See where Wendy comes from. In America, they pronounce that different to us. In Canada, <laughs> do you pronounce it differently? Uh, I would say Maryland. You don't say Maryland? No. In America, it would be Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. probably. But in Canada, you don't say that? But I'm naturalized you would now, say, so I don't know. You would say Maryland. I don't remember half the time what I would say years ago. Wendy's from Maryland. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you doing, Wendy? What can I'm we do well, for thank you? Thank you. Um, my daughter has um, chickens, laying chickens, mm-hmm. and one of them is crowing, mm-hmm. um, and it's quite strange. Is All it... of a sudden, it's like an alpha male. Right. Okay. And but it's it has been a laying bird. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, that is interesting. Um, has it taken on any of the male sort of characteristics, the bigger comb and wattles and things like that, or just crowing? No, just crowing. Okay. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's it's an interesting sort of thing. Occasionally you'll get, um, 
I don't know if we can call it a transgender bird, but um, you will occasionally get, um, you know, sort of female birds that will take on more male characteristics, um, like crowing. I mean, crowing is a natural behavior for birds, and usually it's left up to the rooster. But if you haven't got a rooster, maybe this particular bird feels like he wants to, to she wants to, um, uh, you know, sort of. How do that. old? How old is she, Wendy? Um, oh, they're not very old. Um, I think they got them at the beginning of this year. Yeah, so but old oh, enough okay. to You'd lay. Know so now, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, sometimes it happens that people get what they think is, you know, six chickens, and they're all supposed to be female, mm. but they can be very difficult to determine the sex of them. And so sometimes as they grow, they turn into males. But because you'd said she'd already been laying, it is a little bit more of an unusual um, thing, and I don't have a lot of answers for you. Okay. Um, in some cases, you will find that they have. Um, uh, hormonal issues so there could be um the adrenal glands might be producing more testosterone than normal it might be that the bird later on down the track develops some sort of um, reproductive abnormality starts um, or goes off the lay and, and doesn't restart because maybe we have a hormone imbalance and, and we're seeing too much testosterone in the system to allow uh, egg laying. So um, I guess watch and wait and see what happens with that one. Thank you for that one, Wendy. And uh, we love your input to the show. If you'd like to call through, 49216216 is the number. With my backyard chickens, yep. can I have different breeds in together? Yeah, sure you can. We need to be careful about putting um, full-size or big chickens, so you know your browns and your Australorps in with little ones. Now, they can be quite territorial, so definitely watching your age ranges, not putting um, little tiny chicks in with big ones, but also being careful about silkies, which are a lot less um, assertive than a, a big ice brown type type joke you're going to find that they can get picked on. Um, they can be, um, you know, if you have six bre- six birds of one breed and you add an, another bird of just another breed, um, the, the birds are a bit uh, discriminatory, I guess we would say, and, yes. and they can sort of look and go, oh, you're not like us, we're going to pick on you. Um, they're, they're pretty intelligent. I mean, chickens chickens are, are have a lot of brain power. They're pretty intelligent and, um, and they can have some problems, you know, that way. Not so much with aggression, all- but with mm. bullying, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> bullying, that's right. Yeah. Um, but they are very active. <clears throat> They will go yeah. and work the yard with three ranging and scratch it. That's right, it and, yeah. So you can yep. end up, if you've got a very small yard and you try to put six chickens in it, you will find that you end up in a dust bowl pretty quick because mm. they like to pull up the grass and eat the roots and things like that. So it can be a bit challenging. Talking today about backyard chickens, mm-hmm. and they can have some health, health issues you were telling me off Yeah, here. for sure. So we see a lot of backyard chickens in the practice for various things. Um in adult birds and young adult birds, the most common thing we see is respiratory disease. Mm. Um, there's a lot of different viruses around and bacteria um, around that can cause respiratory issues. And this is one of the reasons we do talk about doing an all-in, all-out type system where possible, uh, because anytime you introduce new birds that have come from different places, they can have, um, they can, you know, br- introduce a new bug, a new virus or a new bacteria into your flock. So signs of respiratory di- disease in chickens, um, bubbling, watering from the eyes, mucus in the mouth sometimes you'll actually hear them coughing or if you just sort of see them sitting around they're a bit lethargic and if you see a really exaggerated respiratory effort so they're starting to you know maybe put their wings out and breathe deeply in and out that's a a real common one the other thing we see in young birds um, is a disease called Merrick's disease. And this is a viral disease. It's a bit of a complicated thing. It's what we call a lymphoproliferative disorder. Um, but essentially, the most common sign that we see in these guys is going to be um, weakness and paralysis. And it basically, the virus gets in and invades and, and um, causes problems with the nerves. Um, and it's a, fatal, uh, it's a fatal disease for them. So um, it's also very contagious. So if somebody brings me a chicken... Uh, that's got Merrick's disease, and I'll have to tell them that you know there's a very good 
good chance that all of their chickens um, may come down with it. Not always do they, but um, it's not uncommon for over the next sort of 12 to 15 months um, for multiple birds to come down with it as well. Now, Daniel, tell me this. You have to have a worming process with your chickens. Look, uh, every three mm-hmm. months they need to be wormed, just like any other pet. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually do it with my chickens, change of season. It's just mm, easy way easy, to remember. Easy way to remember, yep. First of December, start summer, worm. You know, start yep. autumn, worm. So that's really easy. And that'll do all and the And you put worms. that in through their food? Through the water. Water, usually. through the water, yeah. Yep. And, and the... Sorry, Danny. <laughs> oh, and the other thing that is common through seasonally mm-hmm. is the mites. You, they will get some mites, so that you can get a, a mite product that you can put in the water. You can also get a mite powder that you can put over their feathers. Usually, you need to turn them upside down, let the wings just open up, and a lot of the mites live under the wings because it's a nice, warm environment and area. So, yeah, just do the mite control on them as well. And, you know, just a few of those kind of things to keep up to date. And, um, yeah, they're all good. Is there anything that we don't feed them or don't put out for them? Um, yeah, so there's, there's a few things. So um, birds don't digest dairy very well. So we wouldn't recommend feeding cheese, butter, dairy, you know, those sorts of things. Yogurt's not great for them. Um, feeding meat and meat byproducts is a bit of a controversy. Um, birds sometimes like it, but it's not necessarily fantastic for them. And certainly if you're eating the birds, it's not recommended at all, um, just from a... Health, mm, actually, that's human health. Sort that's of a good point you yeah. make in terms of in case you're eating the birds. Now, not many people would do that. Not many people do. But with... there are a lot of um, the pellets that you buy for your chickens. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful because on the packaging it might also say if you're feeding this pellet, you don't eat the bird. That's right. Because yeah. there might be um, certain ingredients in there from ruminants mm-hmm. that would not be wise to then eat your bird that's that right, you've been yeah. feeding. So, um, and same with some of the medications that um, we're talking about as well, um, and, and particular wormers, you really want to be using something that's safe for laying birds, um, so there's no residues into the eggs and things like that. Because um, often if I have a pet bird brought to me, um, we have to treat it for respiratory disease, something like that, I'll have to tell the owners, listen, you can't ever eat this bird, and you really shouldn't be eating its egg for a blank period of time, whatever. Okay. Um, so that's a bit of a complicated thing as well. Is there anything <laughs> that we can give them that will help with the productivity of the egg or to make the egg better? Um, mostly, again, just diet-wise, a good quality pellet. Like Danny was saying earlier, using a good quality pellet rather than a cheap one that doesn't have a lot of fillers in it, high protein levels, high calcium levels, lots of greens, lots of um, kitchen scrap that's got green stuff in it. If you want to get those nice, rich yellow yolks from them, um, you want to be making sure they're getting lots of greens. That's uh, certainly back that up with the mm-hmm. greens, the spinach, the celery, all yeah. the greens are fantastic, which is also good in iron. Mm-hmm. But something else that really helps with the flavor of that yolk and the color is corn. So even dried corn we sell in the store, like bags of it, and just feeding that daily small amounts as treats helps with that as well. Okay, that's really good. We've covered it well today. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for the input for our callers. And, of course, just letting them free roam. They can have their worms and snails or whatever in Absolutely, the backyard, yeah. and that's, uh, that, that creates the flavour. Is there any dog shows locally this weekend? At Hillsborough Dog Show Ground this weekend, yes. Okay. Yeah, nice to have a visit and check out the pure breeds and talk to the breeders, and if you are interested in a puppy, that's the best way to do it. Go and have a look. Have a look at the puppies. Maybe they, they may interview you they to see interview if they you. think you're good for their breed Exactly, dog. and you can also check out what the full-grown dog will look like yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, usually breeders are very good at telling you all the downsides as well like you, mm. you this is a long coat you're going to need to brush it every day you mm. know? don't think it's just going to be a dream high energy dogs versus low energy yeah. dogs yep great idea great tips thank you so much thank for today you. daniel
and Dr. Kimberly Earle. Thank, Thank you. you. There's our vet, Dr. Kimberly Earle, Daniel Carrington, and we will be back with Pet Chat for you again next Wednesday from midday till one o'clock here at Two NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.